The Bible is the Word of God and contains everything necessary and sufficient for our salvation. If you believe that, say amen. amen. The Bible teaches that Jesus saves us from sin when we have faith. If you believe that, say amen. amen. The Bible also teaches that faith without good deeds is dead. If you believe that, say amen. amen. And today... We're going to learn that the Bible teaches Christians to practice spiritual disciplines like prayer and fasting and study. If you're ready to learn about that, say amen. amen. All right. I want to read to you from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. First of all, this scripture warns Christians, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. You know, the Bible's full of fascinating, intriguing stories and snippets of things that that are left over from the past that we don't fully understand, but we love to speculate on it and think about it and wonder about it. There's a lot of things that are hard to understand in the Bible. Some things are disturbing in the Bible. There are even some things that have caused people to scratch their head and speculate what were they talking about, what were they thinking, what were they meaning in this. And it it can be a lot of fun to think about stories about giants. Did you know there are stories in the Bible about angels having intercourse with women on the earth? That's some freaky stuff. And we can wonder, you know, how in the world did Noah fit all of those animals on the ark? What about Jonah? Could he really survive in the belly of a giant fish for three days? And people love to think about these intriguing, fascinating ideas. And it's the wonderful kinds of things that people would make a documentary of. People are so interested in that, even if they're not going to church or reading the Bible, they'll watch a documentary on the History Channel about, you know, angels having intercourse with women on earth. They love stuff like that. But there's a quote that's often attributed to Mark Twain that I think is so relevant for us who are here on this earth and trying to walk the spiritual walk. It says, it ain't the parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts I do understand. You know, we need to focus on doing what the Bible tells us to do that we do understand. There's enough there that we can understand But it's hard. It's easy to understand, but hard to do. We could spend all of our time and energy and resources just focusing on those things, and and it would be fine. We'll have time left to worry about all the other stuff that we don't understand. It may be fun to speculate about intriguing parts of the Bible, but Paul writes to Timothy and to us, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Living a godly life takes a lot of hard work. 
It's hard enough to work on that. We don't need to waste our time on the other. And Paul writes, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. We all know that we all know the benefits of physical exercise. And in our comfortable, prosperous world, the fact is we eat too much and ex- don't exercise enough, right? And it leads to all kinds of health problems for us. But people who exercise regularly tend to be healthier, happier, more interjective, uh, interject energetic and productive, and they can talk. (laughs) We know the physical benefits of exercise. But Paul says training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. You think about it. We know that physical exercise is good, but no matter how much we exercise, Our physical bodies are eventually going to wear out. Ain't that right, Bob? Our bodies are going to wear out, aren't they? They are. And we learned this last Wednesday at the Ash Wednesday service. We said said those, those words, those traditional words that Christians have said for centuries. Remember that you came from dust. And what do we say? And to dust you shall return. Repent and believe the gospel. We know that we will be given new and perfect bodies in eternity. And I'm looking forward to that. The gains of physical exercise are for this temporary lifetime. They're not going to affect the body that you have in eternity. But the gains of spiritual exercise are for eternity. You think about that. What you do to strengthen your spirit transfers on into the spiritual life of eternity. Spiritual disciplines are spiritual exercises found in Scripture that promote spiritual growth and health. Just as physical exercise develops your physical body, your muscles, spiritual disciplines... Develop your spirit so that you become more and more like Christ. Spiritual disciplines nurture the growth God wants to give you. It's not enough, though, to know about spiritual disciplines. You must actually practice them in order to reap the benefits that God wants to give you. There are many spiritual disciplines, but I want to mention today just seven. Just seven. And I want to challenge you especially to practice them between now and Easter. So first of all, there is prayer. Prayer is the most basic element of Christian living. Prayer is like breathing for Christians. Some people say that prayer is talking to God. And it is that. That is part of prayer. But it is even more than that. And it is more basic than that. Last night, Kelly and I went to see a movie together. We went and saw The Jesus Revolution. It's a great movie. I loved it. Wonderful thing. You should go see it if you get a chance. I think you would really benefit from it. But we went to see that movie. And, of course, we didn't talk during the movie. That would have been rude, right? 
Nobody wants uh, someone to be talking in the darkness of a movie theater. We just sat together. We held hands through the movie, and we watched it together. We together was important. Even if we didn't say anything, just being together was meaningful. And prayer can be like that. Prayer is spending time with God on purpose. You know? It's an intentional thing that you do. You people say, well, God is with me all the time. Absolutely. My wife and I are together quite often. You know, maybe she's doing one thing in one room and I'm doing another thing in another room. So we're technically together, but it's different than being together, watching a movie or having dinner out at a restaurant. Prayer is spending time with God on purpose. And there are many different ways to pray. You can, of course, what most people think of is you can ask God to help you. Or maybe you can pray for your friends and ask him to help them. But sometimes prayer is just sitting quietly with God. Sometimes prayer is listening to God while you read the Bible. Sometimes prayer is writing your prayer out on a piece of paper. <coughs> or it could be reading someone else's prayer. Or it could even be reciting a prayer that you've memorized, like we did today when we recited the Lord's Prayer. But whatever way you pray, you absolutely should pray. It is the most important spiritual exercise for Christians. And prayer is also an essential part of all of the other spiritual disciplines I'm going to mention today. Another spiritual discipline is fasting. Fasting is voluntarily giving up food or something else for a time as a way to humble yourself before God. Fasting enables the Holy Spirit to reveal to you your true spiritual condition, helping you to understand how broken and empty you are and leading you to repentance and to transformation. Usually, fasting is associated with giving up food. Jesus fasted, for example, for 40 days before he began his public ministry. But it can be other things as well. We are in the season of Lent, which started on Ash Wednesday and goes through Easter Sunday. Many Christians give up something for Lent. That's a kind of fasting. Maybe they would give up something like chocolate or coffee. Other people might decide that they would give up something like watching television or Netflix or maybe using social media. There's a lot of things that could be done. Anything you give up is a form of fasting, and it is meant to help you focus more on God and less on yourself. It is about seeking your fulfillment from your relationship with God instead of fulfillment in the things of this earth. I love to eat, and I find it very fulfilling but it will never fulfill me in the way that God does. And when I fast from food, it helps me remember that what Jesus said is true. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Fasting and prayer go together like a hand and a glove. Fasting actually can amplify your prayers. It somehow has this ability to turn every fiber of your being into prayer. As you feel 
Maybe you're going without food and you feel the emptiness that is there and suddenly your, your whole body is crying out for in need and your prayer helps direct that need to God. Next is uh, studying scripture. And next to prayer, studying scripture is probably the most essential way that the Holy Spirit can change us. Our mind is the center of our thoughts, and our thoughts lead to our actions. When we study the Holy Bible, we allow God to transform our minds. The Bible is the living word of God. If you want to hear God's voice, and so many people to say, well, today say, well, why, why, wasn't, why doesn't God just speak to me? I wish God would just talk to me, just tell me what he wants me to do. Well, he does through Scripture. Now, I wish it was as straightforward sometimes as God parting the clouds and a voice from heaven coming down, but God does speak to us if we're willing to listen. It takes a little work but it's worth the effort. If you want to hear God's voice, the voice that gives life, you must study the Bible. And study also includes, it can also include reading other books, attending classes. Going to school could be a spiritual discipline, young people, if you approach it in the right way. And there are other forms of study. And all can be beneficial, but I believe studying the Bible is the most essential form of study. The next spiritual discipline is worship. Human beings were designed to worship. Worship means to show reverence and adoration for God. It centers on God, not on ourselves, not our feelings, or our own particular preferences. When we worship God, we point our spirit toward God in worship. And we begin to see, we begin to hear, we begin to feel, and to experience God on a deeper level. Jesus told us that we must worship God in spirit and in truth. We must worship in spirit, which means heartfelt, intimate, closeness, and submission to God. But we must also worship in truth, which is based on right understanding of God. Can't, all, worship can't only and all be about emotions and feelings, but it also can't only and always only be about intellectual ideas. The two must go together. Our relationship with God is a relationship. And it includes both the mind and the heart. Worship works best when it's intentional. And being intentional means you have to prepare for it. You're all here in worship, and I'm very thankful for that. And sometimes, you know... The truth is, if you stay up too late on Saturday night, and you may make it to worship, and you may be thankful that you made it to worship after having a late night out on Saturday, but your experience will be degraded, I think. It's better, 
It's good to be in worship, regardless of whether you're sleepy or not. It's better to be prepared to get a good night's sleep beforehand and to come ready. It's best if you get a good night's sleep, you wake up on Sunday morning and the first words out of your mouth are, Lord, help me receive what you want me to get today. You come prepared. Do you understand what I'm saying? You come expecting and hungry for what the Lord is going to give you. That's how you truly experience the presence of God when you worship. Another Christian spiritual discipline is Christian meditation. Christian meditation is listening for God's voice so that we can obey his word. In meditation, we use our imagination to spend time with God often through the the use of Scripture. We look for God to come to us, to fill our mind with His feelings, to give us His ideas, to relay to us His insights, and we welcome Him to come and to transform us. We're not so much searching for God in meditation as we're allowing Him to find us as we watch and wait and listen patiently. One of my favorite spiritual disciplines is the discipline of solitude. That's when we, to practice solitude, we step away from the world for a little while and we focus on interacting only with God. We step away from people so there's no one else there, only God. And in your silence, You can let go of the inner turmoil of your anxiousness. You can quiet your mind. You can cease to try to be in control of everything and all of the people and situations in your life. And you learn to just trust God and be in his presence and allow him to work things out according to his plan and his timing. The last spiritual discipline I want to mention this morning is spiritual discipline of service. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 11, the greatest among you must be a servant. Service is about recognizing that we are called to be servants. We let go of our right to choose how we will serve and who we will serve. and Instead, we learn humility as we shift our focus away from ourselves and on to Jesus. Service is one of those wonderful spiritual disciplines that's not only good for us, or good for others, but it's also good for us. Think about, how did Jesus teach his disciples? It was on-the-job training. Jesus didn't tell Peter and Matthew and John, he didn't say, all right, I want you to go off to Bible college and seminary and then come back and we'll do some service together after you've learned how to do it. He says, no, come follow me. And they went out and they started serving people. They started healing. They started teaching. They started feeding. They started loving and caring about people. And the disciples didn't know what in the world they were doing. Jesus taught them how to do it as they were doing it. And if you ever feel like, I don't know how to do, I don't know how to serve in the church, I don't know how to teach a Sunday school class, I don't know how to, you know, 
whatever it is that you, you, you feel called to do, that's all right. You're in good company. That's exactly how the 12 disciples felt. But you learn so much and you grow so much and you step out of your comfort zone and you start doing what God is calling you to do. He starts to teach you. He starts to equip you and enable you to do it as you're doing it. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. And quite effective. So as we come to the close of the message today, you know, I've been giving you challenges all through this series, and I want to give you another one today. I've challenged you to read Genesis and Matthew. I challenged you last week to focus on one category of good deeds. You find the list on the sign out front of the church. Today, I want to challenge you to practice these seven spiritual disciplines. Some of them you're already practicing. I mean, you're here at worship now. So you're already, you can check one off the list. But I would challenge you, focus on it. Between now and Easter, during the 40 days of Lent, don't miss worship. Can you go without missing worship? So I've already got a trip planned. You can still worship. You can tune in on the online service. You could be in Florida and find a church in Florida to go to worship. If you can't do that, you could have a time of private worship in your car or in your you know, hotel where you're staying. Focus on it. A lot of you are already have accepted the challenge to uh, read the Bible, so continue doing that. Maybe you might consider joining with a Bible study like on Thursday morning or join a Sunday school class. Just try it for the 40 days of Lent. See, does it help you grow? Practice solitude for prayer and meditation. For some people like me or you that are introverts, that's easy. We love to get off. It's not a matter of uh, wanting to. It's a matter of finding the time to find a quiet place away from the distractions and the people and just to have some solitude. For others of you, you're extroverts. You love being around people, and that's what you want to do all the time. And that's fine. God made you that way. But I challenge you also to step away from your comfort zone and to spend some time alone and in quiet with God. And then, of course, there's service. And there's always places to serve in the church. A group of people meets on Wednesday nights to pack sack lunches, 5 o'clock. I would love to have you. They particularly need some people with strong backs because they get all those sacks packed up in those totes, and they're heavy, and they need to get them in the car. And uh, a lot of the people who, who are meeting right now to do it have trouble lifting them up and loading them in the car. That could be something you could help with. Or maybe you might feel called. We need help teaching Sunday school and help in the nursery, help with children's church on Sunday mornings and uh, I think we decided to call it Kids Connection on Wednesday nights. So we could use your help. How could you focus on these spiritual disciplines to strengthen your spiritual muscles? That's something that's going to stay with you even after you leave this world and enter into eternity. Don't miss the opportunity to take advantage of them.
in this life. There are 42 days between now and Easter. 42 days. Let's get busy. Father, we thank you so much for this time together today. Thank you for the challenges you are putting on our lives, challenges to read and study your word, challenges to do good in our world, and challenges to allow you to do good for us through the practice of these spiritual disciplines. Help us, O Lord, to be faithful, all for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.